I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The file you are about to hear has been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Unlike some of the other beasts I've encountered, almost everyone has heard about dragons. However, their rarity and eccentricities have left dragons horribly mischaracterized. The most egregious of these, in my mind, is the idea that dragons want to hoard gold. This is ridiculous. While dragons have been seen sleeping on piles of wealth, this is merely a consequence of their true pursuit. Followers. Where there is sentience, there is a dragon trying to amass followers. With followers comes food, water, and any other amenities a highly intelligent reptile may desire. In return, dragons are often more than capable of offering protection or assistance when hunting. To this end, dragons develop advanced telepathic abilities as they age, allowing them to easily communicate with all forms of life. Another misconception is that dragons refers to a single species. Dragons are, in fact, a small and elusive family of animals. As such, one should learn to recognize what a dragon is before the dragon recognizes them as food. Anatomy Dragons are large, scaled, usually quadrupedal reptiles. The aforementioned scales of adult dragons are incredibly tough, attempting to pierce them as a fool's errand. The scales on the underbelly are thinner, but be sure to avoid using knives and shortbows regardless. Most men do not get a second chance to stab a dragon. In rare cases, one may get a chance to attack a dragon in flight. While the skin of a dragon's wing is tough, it is significantly easier to puncture than the scales. Causing a dragon to crash to earth is by far the safest way to slay them. I would highly recommend utilizing this method whenever possible. Dragons are most vulnerable in their eyes and inside their mouths. An excellent bowman may be able to strike these from range, but dragons provide the less martially inclined of us an alternative. Become one of the dragon's followers. If one spends enough time serving a dragon, it will, inevitably, give them a chance to strike. Dragons are acutely aware of this, and may attempt to use a suspected traitor for a short time before eating them. This creates a social dance where the dragon attempts to exploit the traitor as long as it can, while the traitor attempts to get close enough to slay the dragon. Each side bluffs their weaknesses and naivety, hiding daggers behind smiles and kind words. The dragon may try to appear less threatening by telepathically sounding like a young child or a soft-spoken woman. In rare cases, it'll try to confuse the traitor by mimicking the traitor's own voice. I have performed this dance once. Although I came out victorious, I would dissuade readers from attempting it. Dragons will suspect that any highly intelligent creature is a traitor, doubly so for humans. However, the human knack for treason also makes human followers somewhat of a trophy to dragons. After all, what better testament to one's ability to rule than to have a human as a loyal servant? Regardless of whether you are human or not, 
subtly leveraging a dragon's pride is the easiest way to join its core. Unlike other reptiles, their ability to produce fire has made them warm-blooded. While cold-blooded reptiles are weak and sluggish in the cold, dragons remain as dangerous as ever. Do not let this catch you by surprise. Genera of Note While the information provided above is applicable to just about all dragons, the specific qualities of most genera of dragon will also shape how you interact with them. Examples follow. Drake Ask a person to picture a dragon and they will likely think of a drake. Growing over 20 feet long, drakes are one of the largest species of dragon. Their fire-spewing abilities are the muse of legends and likely the origin of the belief that all dragons are adept fire-breathers. In reality, all other genera of dragons are only able to scorch creatures within biting distance and light bonfires for their followers. Brooding Dragon Growing up to around 18 feet, brooding dragons are the only genus of dragon known to raise their young. Legend says that the scent of a brood pup can make a man drop dead. The reality is that if you're close enough to smell a brood pup, then you're about to learn where the brood mother is. Brood mothers will often amass huge followings that are divided among their young once they come of age. Whelp at only six feet long, whelps have resorted to scavenging and omnivorous foraging instead of going after big kills. As a defense mechanism, juvenile and adult whelps take on the appearance of brood pups. Their only consistent distinguisher from the aforementioned pups is their omnivorous diet and superior telepathic abilities. Whelps often have scavenging birds as followers. The bird finds the carcass and the whelp protects it as they eat. Whelp pups hide in burrows, and often prey on insects. River Dragon A distant cousin of whelps, river dragons have adapted their wings and feet to be used as fins and flippers, respectively. At only five feet long and with no ability to spit fire, river dragons often kill their prey by drowning them. To this end, they're known to make followers out of any scavenger that will chase prey into the water. Flies, gnats, and ant colonies are common allies. Noble Dragon More commonly found in areas where the gravity or atmosphere does not allow creatures to grow to large sizes, noble dragons, sometimes called swarm whelps or parliament dragons, often do not exceed two feet. To make up for their small size, multiple dragons will collaboratively rule over a group of followers. Their name originates from this tendency to create a dragon aristocracy. Wyvern Only spotted on windy mountainsides, not much is known about wyvern. Best estimates say they grow to something between 9 and 15 feet. They're known to kill prey by lifting them off the ground and dropping them down the mountain slopes. Wetted Amphiptyr At around 10 feet long, wetted amphiptyrs are notable for never having more than a single follower. In rare cases, this has led to people acquiring wetted amphiptyrs as a strange sort of pet a wedded amphiptyr with no followers is often referred to as a widowed amphiptyr, regardless of whether their follower has died or not. Cape Dragon Found in the most frigid climates, cape dragons grow to around 8 feet long and almost exclusively hunt larger animals. They have a single knife-like claw on each foot that they use to skin their kills. Their name comes from their tendency to wear the pelts of their kills for warmth. 
While some of these dragons are more formidable than others, it should be clear that the best course of action when encountering a dragon is to avoid it instead of confronting it. Doing so is not cowardly, it's just sensible. That being said, there is one dragon that should be slain if possible. Perhaps against my better judgment, I've included it below. Bookworm, the most elusive kind of dragon. I'm the only person to have ever seen a bookworm. Long and serpent-like, it's unknown how the bookworm manages to fly. Its scales shimmer and shift the light, making the bookworm nearly invisible and its true length indeterminable. I alone have seen it stealing books off the shelves of the library and never returning them. Many would say that this is impossible, that the nature of the library means that the books can never be truly removed from it, but I've seen it. I've been ridiculed, my name sullied and my title stripped as I searched for the creature that is sapping the library's knowledge. They say you do not exist, bookworm. One day, I will show them your severed head. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, join my Discord community, hire me on Fiverr, or help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. The links are in the description. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible, so credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons ShareLite 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons ShareLite 3.0. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki, and we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people, or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel, by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.